I actually took my husband to dinner like he was my board member, and I sat down and I was like, here's a business plan for butterflies. Because we're so focused on this use case um, and, the, and the heavy earbud user, we are flipping that model on its head, right? Instead of making the Dr. Dre's of the world the super sexy ambassadors of our brand, it's we say Malcolm Gladwell is our sexy ambassador. Simon Cowell, I guess when she was talking about it, was like, yeah, and these are awesome for going on a walk and listening to your podcast, which I didn't tell them at all about the, that much of the brand, right? And I don't know how Simon would have known, so I'm hoping he has a pair too. This is the ProCo 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting ProCo 360 because I love Colorado and getting to know the leaders of Colorado's most interesting and entrepreneurial companies. Today's episode features Shay Gerhardt, founder and CEO of Colorado-based Butterflies. I became aware of Butterflies through Colin McIntosh of Sheets and Giggles, a now humorously famous Colorado betting company you should check out. Colin and I have stayed friends since we recorded his episode, and when he posted about Butterflies, I checked out the company. It's super cool. Shay of Butterflies found that earbuds hurt after a while and decided on the fly to invent a solution with some stuff she had around the house. That invention became a real thing, then a company, and now a product that was recently featured by Kelly Clarkson on her TV show. I want to talk with Shay about that process. We'll do some rapid fire uh, kind of topics that inventors will care about and then how she can possibly be crazy enough to think she can compete against Sony, Bose, and Apple. Shay, glad you're joining me on Proco 360. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. And thanks to Colin for yeah. connecting us indirectly, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I gave an intro of Butterflies. Uh, and listeners, you won't hear this, but what a choppy intro that was. We're going to clean this all up. Uh. So, <laughs> but, but you know, I gave an overview of Butterflies. Why don't you give us your, your story? So... I mean, do you want me to start from the beginning? Or? Yeah, you get to, you know, talk about that that aha moment and how that got started and then kind of where Butterflies is right now. Okay. So um, I was in the music, mobile, and gaming space for 18 years of my career, um, mostly in executive roles. But my expertise has been going into big, crowded marketplaces and finding a path to growth. So that's what I've done most of my career. So I was sort of used to this space. I also, the last place... I was with was in the DJ EDM space, and so headphones and um, big, beautiful sound was what we focused on the most. Um, and then one day, since we're in Colorado, my, I've had investors tell, tell me not to tell the story because huh. it's weird that I ski by myself. But one day I was um, going skiing. We have three little boys, and my husband was like, hey, you know, you can go. It's a powder day tomorrow. If you want to go, you can go by yourself. And so I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's like huh, a cool. dream come yeah. true, right? So I fell asleep the night before with those wired Apple earbuds that came with yeah. your device. Um, and I woke up with, like, crazy pain in my ears. And prior to that, I listened to a ton of audiobooks and podcasts. Like, I feel like when the audiobook and podcast world came out, it, would like, change my, hmm. change my world because I could go and, you know, that, that moment you have when you have, like, 10 minutes to yourself or that precious time to yourself where you get to listen to your own content and yeah, the stuff yeah. that you love and that feeds your soul – that's what I love the most. But I'd tell, ask friends like, hey, you want to, did you, have you listened to this podcast? What about this audiobook? It's super cool, you know? And they'd be like, no, I can't wear earbuds that long. It hurts my ears, which I actually didn't have that problem until this night. Mm -hmm. So I woke up in the next morning and I was like, okay, well, I can't, and you shouldn't do this. You should never ski with earbuds in. Yes, there's, disclaimer. there's the disclaimer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, had, I was like, I have to be able to 
ski with it all day, you know. And so I took those wired earbuds um, that I had and cracked them open so that that hard clamshell material, right. it, it just has a seam on it, crafted it open, put it into my kid's swimmer's wax, mm-hmm. um, and was able to comfortably wear it all day, even with achy ears already. Mm-hmm. And then I had my helmet on, and the sound was so clean and beautiful, mm. and I was like, okay, this is awesome, mm. right? And so that Monday I went into work, and my CFO is a good friend of mine. He's actually one of the earlier founders with us. And I was like, listen to what I invented this uh. weekend. <laughs> And he's like, oh, that has to exist. So we looked for it for a bit. And then, How hard did you look? So we looked, I mean, it's... Because every inventor thinks, oh, this has never been done before. This doesn't exist, uh, right? How hard did you really look? Oh, for- see, we were the opposite. We were like, oh, this has to exist, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so we looked for a while. Um, and then, I mean, we were relatively familiar with the headphone space. Sure, yeah, yeah. We looked for a while, couldn't find anything, and then his wife, who's amazing, but she's a material engineer and a patent attorney, mm. so they're like, let's patent this. Um, so we went, started down that path, but then before we went, really wanted to spend a lot of money on it, we wanted to make sure that, is there a market need for this? Is the market big enough? You know, Can we generate demand? And it turns out the number one fit in the earbud space, the number one reason, pain point in the earbud space is fit, yeah, long-term yeah. comfort, and they or they fall out. The reason is the human ear is constantly moving when we talk and chew mm-hmm, and exercise. Mm-hmm. And with that hard plastic clamshell material design that comes on every single earbud in the space, right now they're all made that way. Sure. Um, some of them come with that little rubber foam ear tip, but the reason that that hurts is because, or creates that achy feeling, yeah is because that friction of your ear moving against it. The other reason is that when sound vibrations go through that hard plastic, it causes fatigue in your cartilage. Um, And then the last reason is that that when your ear is moving, it sort of scoots that, it's called walking out, scoots your that clamshell earbud design sure. out, and so it pushes it out, so a lot of times it falls out. Well, you know, I'm going to jump ahead because I did want to talk about the whole idea of patenting this product because it seems to me that, like, all right, just let me help us understand, what can you patent, right? Because the idea of having something that's soft in your ear, that's not really patentable, right? So what did you patent? So we actually got a earbud hearable headphone that is continually moldable, so flexes with your ear as it moves. But that could be anything. That could be like sticking a, you know, the insides of what you said, the clamshell piece of it. It could be like sticking inside one of those little foam things, and right? I mean, so what is So the it? foam, and it's called the ear tip. Those foam yeah, little rubber yeah. things are an ear tip, and, that come, and that's actually <laughs> patented, and that comes on the end of the earbuds. Ours is the, enti- the whole body of yeah, the ear Yeah, I'm looking piece. at it now. All right, yeah. so... That is patentable. So yeah. Bose could not, or Apple or whatever, could not create a soft insert without violating your patent, uh, the way yours yes. is, that, that's designed to go all the way into your ear canal. You, you, they can't do this. Sony can't no. just... Wow. Which I, was, I mean, it took us six years to get the patent. Right? Yeah, but so you think like, come on, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's we were really excited about it. And so, is the material itself what's patented, or is the actual the the notion that something soft and squishable that 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 goes in your ear that does music or audio, whatever? Yeah, is it earbud has the earbud capabilities are hearable, so that's hearing assistance. Um, yeah, that's so, impressive. Yeah. 
And so it's the utility of that. Is it international we, too? We don't have the international. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's because it's so risky. You never know. You yeah, know, of course. Can, yeah, yeah. Prices can go on. But we do have the material and um, a number of other patents that have been filed. Mm. We just they haven't been awarded yet. Yeah. That sort of shore up. So this was the the big sort of umbrella patent, and yeah. then we have a number of patents filed to shore that shore that up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. All right. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I want to, you know, for the in, for the inventors listening. I want to. I, I know there are several. There are several questions. I've got like eight of them here. Okay. Like a series of things that anytime you invent a product, what went through your head? Okay, after you figured out it does not exist yet, should we patent it? Then what? So we had done. I mean, f- for me, product market fit is a really big deal. So that's sort of where my career comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent a long time, you know, doing quantitative and qualitative research around this. This aspect of the industry, this is a $30 billion industry now, or it was in 2021. Earbuds, headphones, personal audio gear? Yeah, headphone earbuds. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And now this year they have just separated all the sort of industry stats. They just separated headphones from earbuds, Mm. which is the first time earbuds has been its own category. Because of Apple probably, right? Well, I mean, yeah, probably about Apple. It's a huge industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Apple only owns about 34% of Mm. the total Mm. industry. I think that's surprising to a lot of people. I think they think that, you know, they're – uh, yeah, not me. I've sh- I looked in pre- preparation for this interview. Uh, I looked at the earbud- <laughs> earbuds on Amazon. Like, yeah. like there are a zillion of them. Yeah, tons. From nine dollars to three hundred or four hundred dollars or more. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're all the in ear fit is basically all the same. And even with that little rubber ear tip, when it came mm-hmm. out, yeah. it's still the number one complaint is mm-hmm. comfort, fit, and fit. Well, they'll stay in if you shove them in hard enough. But that's the, that causes exactly the problem you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what else did you think about? So, um, you were talking about market fit. So, talk about that. So, we had done a, we did a, actually got this idea from um, Wired magazine, but we did a dun- bunch of dummy digital buys, uh, ad buys, and tested the value proposition, the feature sets, and the messaging and pricing. Um, and we spend a lot of time and money doing that just to make sure, like, is this viable? Are people going to pay for it? And are they willing to to deviate from a well-known brand, as you mm-hmm. were talking about, yeah, yeah. Um, for this value proposition? So we did that. We also did a ton of, um, you know, sort of quantitative research and qualitative research around what's this industry going to do? And from the very mm. beginning, and I've had a, plenty of investors like, oh, it's crazy. But from the beginning, I, I do believe that the headphone or earphone will s- replace the cell phone. Um, and I, that is because you can basically do anything you want with it. We are sure. all waiting for a better battery to come out. But um, that with voice assistance, you can essentially do anything you want. Mm-hmm. with the sure. cell phone. So um but that really starts with long-term comfort. You can't wear Yeah. So when you when you say you spent a ton of money on dummy advertising, what are you talking about when you say a ton? I think inventors will want to know what really I think we spent about 10,000. So it's not okay. a ton, but it's a ton for an early stage. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um and then I'm looking at the other list of things that that inventors care a lot about. Uh you how long did it take you to invent or to develop a prototype, and what did that cost? So we you had to spent, do materials and all kinds of yeah, stuff like so that, So right? this took us about, I mean, roughly four years and $1.2 in 
to, wow, to build. That's ser- so that's a serious. But did you already have the patent, or had you just filed? The oh, patent? we just got the patent May third. So that's so weird because okay, that's a huge <laughs> risk, right? Because you don't know the patent. The time it takes to get a patent from the time you submit it to the time you get it back is years. Yeah. Right, and you don't know if somebody filed the same thing a month before you, right? Well, you do know once you go into it because the the examiner at the USPTO is is making sure that it's not violating any other patent. Well, any other existing patent, but it doesn't tell you if somebody else was ahead of you in line for the same idea. No, they, ha- they can see that. They can? Yes. Oh, all right, great. As long as it's I, been filed. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. All right. Um, so you did a bunch of investigating. Um, what about the name? You know, you came up with it. Was that a just drinking together with friends kind of thing right after you had the idea, or did it really take some study? So, um, I mean, we had a few names, and I'm, I can't even remember some of them now, hmm. but what, you know, the way we are approaching the market is those who are heavy earbud users, they love music, um, but they're using their earbuds from one to seven hours a day, mostly for audiobooks, podcasts, streaming video, talking mm-hmm, on the phone. Mm-hmm. So this is, and very, you know, very little time is spent with, with the music industry. So, I mean, music as content. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally listen to those on big speakers like cans yeah. or in their car or in their home speakers where it sounds so much bigger and beautiful, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, we did a ton of research on that, and we know that this this group is a very curious-minded group of people who are heavy earbud users, right? It's it's just an awesome demographic. It's mm-hmm. they're educated, they're loyal, they're affluent, and they're um, early tech adopters. So, but again, going back to that, those times when you have to yourself and you get to sort of listen to your the content that energizes you the most, that knowledge and that curiosity, we want to bring it to as many people in the world as we can. Mm -hmm. So we name these butterflies. I mean, we have the pun on earbud, right? But but we named them butterflies after the butterfly effect. So essentially when the flap of the wings um, can affect weather patterns on the other side of the world, so Mm -hmm. too can knowledge. Uh, And so that's where the brand comes from and the name. Ah, nice. Well, I do have some questions about that. I'm going to come to those in a little while. But first, reminding listeners, this is Proco 360, named Best Denver Podcast three years running, and the last two years named Best Colorado Business Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Shay Gerhardt of Butterfly's Earbud Company. Thanks to our sponsors via technologies. Thanks for hosting Proco 360. Hey, uh, please check out the website, Clint, and the VIA team. Keep it running beautifully, and it's really data-heavy, so thanks. Kinsley Meetings, Steve and Allison Kinsley, have said that since the pandemic eased, meetings are booming, and they're even more complex than ever, so call them for help. Also appreciate our partnership with Colorado Biz Magazine, and I'm really excited to expand our audiences together. So go to Proco360.com and check out these sponsors. Let's shift gears a little bit. You mentioned, Shay, that uh, you spent over a million dollars bringing this product to market, right? Mm-hmm. Where did that money come from? Uh, we raised a pre-seed round. Um, and then also we, and this is all Colorado entrepreneurs should know about this, we got a grant from um, the Colorado Economic 
advanced industry degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's O edit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. So um, we got that, and that was incredibly helpful in getting Mm. us launched and getting us early prototypes that we could take on, you know, round to people and pitch. So, so talk a bit about the prototyping process. Uh, how long did it take? How many iterations? I mean, uh, you know, the first one probably doesn't look anything like the product you're selling now, does it? No. <laughs> so. um, I mean, like the one I put in my ears yeah, when I'm skiing? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, um, so it took us, I think we probably did 150 prototypes. Wow. And a lo- it, I mean, it's not easy. When you're inventing something, there's no end in sight until you get that, right? And so... Mm-hmm. developing the material, developing the design, developing the inner fit, you know, took us a ton of time. Plus it's very tricky to have this soft of material with electronics Mm. and Mm. mechanical components. Wow. Um, So that was a, it, it was hard. So, you know, that takes a lot of commitment, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. when you entered the process, did you, when you, when you first said, yeah, I'm going to start a company based on this idea that worked in my ski helmet with swimmer's wax, I mean, you know, what went through your mind and your husband's mind and your friends and people involved was like, yeah, this is – were you fully committed right away or how did that commitment evolve? Um, I mean, no, you never – you know, when you're trying to invent something that doesn't exist, you don't even know if you can do it, right? So – but I did write the business plan for Butterflies The I had – two things I wanted to do, either start this business or go back and get my PhD in economics, which I love. Hmm. I love um, research and business and understanding that stuff in marketplaces. So um, I actually took my husband to dinner like he was my board member. And I sat down and I was like, here's a business plan for butterflies. And after going through this, like, and under our, my vision of seeing that this is going to replace the cell phone in the future, um, I knew that there was a huge path to growth here, um, and it starts with having the ability to wear it for long periods of time. Um, and then having – we also have this big, beautiful speaker in here that no one else in this price point range has. It comes from the hearing ed- industry, um, and so it's just – it sounds so clean and nice. Um, so that was one option, and then the other one was going back and get my Ph.D., and he, he was like, listen, we're already paying for your last graduate degree still. Why don't you start the business? Because, um, you know, you've always wanted to do this. And it turns out that's way more expensive. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he way. really screwed us on that way one. But, <laughs> but when you were pitching it, we were like, your eyes bright. And then when you talked about getting a PhD, your eyes kind of, you're kind of like mumbling. And uh, were you conveying your desired choice to him in ways that, you know, helped him help you decide? I don't know. I still think about it like if, you know, when Butterflies exits, I'll probably still go back and get that degree because I love it so much. But um, it is more of a luxury when you you have an income, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one more question about inventing, you know, because I think a lot of people dream of inventing a product uh, and and don't – you know, I think it, it, it all seems so glamorous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. what, I mean, two questions, I guess. What went smoother than you would have expected, if anything? And then what's an example of something that almost brought you to your knees? I mean, I guess what went smoother than expected was when we launched the first product and we got amazing feedback, right? I, you know, I've 
been through this before where a lot of times you get a product to market and then once you get if once people are actually paying for it and using it the there are a lot of pivots and sort of changes you have to well, make they spent money now they're not just loving you automatically right yeah exactly so i do think that was that was one of the things that we were we anticipated that you know this w- the first initial launch was going to be just our mvp the minimum viable product and we had scoped out a few things out of this earbud um out of that earbud because we wanted to test the the value proposition. So long-term comfort and our price points. Um, And then the high quality uh, speaker sound. Um, And what we started getting awesome feedback and generally a product, a product life cycle is about two, two years. Mm -hmm. Um, We were thinking this was going to be three months. And then, I mean, we released one update to like a big update to it, but that was, that was super surprising. So that was beautiful, and it was so exciting. I mean, ah, just yeah. to be building something after four years and get it in someone's hand, and we, you know, we had that moment where we were flying to LA for to meet with one of our manufacturers, and someone was wearing them on the back of the plane, and Whoa. we were. It was so fun, you know. Like that's the moment you're like. Did you go up and hug? We them? took pictures of them and, <laughs> and stuff. So um, that was a lot of fun. And then, um, I mean, nothing has gone. As, as planned in regard to development, I mean, we hit a pandemic, we hit the biggest crisis in supply chain management. We, you know, there was, that was just incredibly painful, but I do feel, inc- I mean, just wowed by what my team and I have accomplished because we came out of something that most people were failing, you know, most yeah. people were going under because of, and we made it to market. We had, had, you know, enough supply chain to last us years. And, and it's just so cool to say like, here's what I'm going to do. And then when it happens and comes to fruition, it's the one of the coolest feelings I've ever experienced. But now you're sold out. How frustrating is that? Yeah, it's well, and, and, you know, that's sort of what we go through right now. We're trying to optimize manufacturing and supply chain, um, which is, Rightly so, right? We're getting the product to market, and now we're going back and readjusting things. The the manufacturer that we had just couldn't meet demand. Really? Well, what kind of quantities are you talking about? Hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, yeah, millions? thousands, thousands yeah. of units still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we have a lot more demand. Like even on back order, we're getting a and no marketing. <laughs> we're getting a ton of orders. Oh, wow. So um, it's been really cool experience, and it's been it's neat to see that engagement. Um, and and an understanding of the and and plus we raised the price point a hundred dollars and bundled it with our we have a cable system um, and so we bundled it and sales went up actually you know wow, so it's been yeah. a pretty well and you mentioned your audience is generally affluent yeah and so having a cable system and I love it the idea that you can wear it wired or you can wear it wireless mm-hmm. with you know the the Bluetooth setting so either way you get it and yeah I think that's kind of cool yeah. Um, let's talk about marketing some, you mentioned you did some, now you're not doing any, uh, which I I suppose makes sense. But the, I, I love the, the idea of aligning your base of listeners with podcasts and audiobooks. That was one thing I, I thought of because you, I, I think you're the only earbud slash headphone, uh, that I've seen marketing not about music, mm-hmm. you know, even, even Bose and I've got a set of the, the headphones, um, and, and they talk about versatility with phone calls and music, but they all lead with music, mm-hmm. I think. And you don't yeah. talk a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, I mean, so every earbud headphone on the space is going after the music industry and using the sexiness of artists and so forth to sell their product, right? And that's sort of the classic case and has been since the iPod came out when earbuds were originally designed with that clamshell design, right? And But we we are essentially, because we're so focused on this use case yeah. um, and, the, and the heavy earbud user, we are flipping that model on its head, right? Instead of making... The Dr. Dre's of the world, the super sexy ambassadors of our brand, it's – we say Malcolm Gladwell is our sexy <laughs> ambassador, right? And so – and it's really about the mind and the curiosity that we are making sexy. Um, That's such a cool thing because it's a – I love niches. Niches are like – you love economics. I love niches and just exploring niches and the idea that people who love audiobooks and podcasts are a niche – and yet, mm-hmm. you know, like a subset of the of listeners, and yet it's massive. Yeah, you know, and if you can get the majority of that massive subset, yeah, you know, you're home free. You're listening to Proco 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Shay Gerhart, founder and CEO of Colorado-based Butterflies. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And if we have time, Shay, I want to talk about some of your oh, favorite Audible do. books. That's my yeah. favorite topic. Oh, I love Audible. So <laughs> anyway, let's um, – and we will. We'll come back to that. I'll tell you a cool story about Audible. Will you? Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Jump right in. Tell me that. Um, so I I have dyslexia. And so when Audible came out and whatever, 20 years ago, um, it was like, say, it changed my world, right? Because I love learning. I love history. I love, you know, business, everything about it. So I spent, I was, it was so great for me to be able to go on a hike or, you know, do whatever I wanted to do and still be able to, to ingest this content. Um, and so I was um, in Telluride. There's two funds up in Telluride for all your listeners that are great, Telluride Venture and Telluride um, Accelerator. Um, and it, I was up there for the Telluride Acceler- Accelerator program, which is about, a, I think it was like a 12-day program. Mm-hmm. Um, and one night we were going, we went out with some local people and I was sitting next to this woman who was a um, – architecture architect and she was a commercial I mean a, a residential architect in town and I she was like what are you doing here and I was like oh you know we have this cool headphone company that we're we've um built around audiobooks and podcasts and she was like oh do you know you know CEO um of Audible and I was like yeah of course Yes, of course. You know so, who he is, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and he used to write for uh, Rolling Stone, and he has a few books out that I've listened to. Like, he's just, I mean, from the beginning, it's been, like, one of my mentors. And and I also think Audible is such an interesting business case because it was slow growth. Um, but what they did is just amass – they are now the Kleenex of that space, Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Um, and so I had spent – and because I was there and we were – practicing for this um pitch day at the end of the 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 end of the time we were up there i spent like i tried she was like i was like where you know where's the house (laughs) and she was like oh it's up in the mountains you know and i was like picturing myself like jumping out of the bushes with him we did our pitch and then afterwards we had a meet and greet with investors in the sheridan um hotel bar and i was walking to the back of to i don't go to the restroom or something and someone was like oh Don Katz is in the back of the 
the place and I was like, what? You know? And, I've been stalking yeah. him. <laughs> like, but I didn't, you know, he wasn't with this group. Um, and so I went back and I was like, hey, just so you know, I made my product so your customers will enjoy your product way more. Wow. And he's like, okay, you have five minutes. <laughs> really? <laughs> and wow. Like, and I was like, yeah. And so I just told him about the company. And then, um, I mean, long story short, like I was, I just thought like medium was like, he's like my version of Beyonce, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. like the business acumen and stuff. Um, and so he started vetting us and I got to fly out and meet the brand. And I had like, just awesome meetings with the brand with his investment fund and um and so that's that is one of the the coolest things oh absolutely that's amazing well you've had you've been you had a brush with fame with other uh, other important people kelly clarkson is singing your praises and giving away your product how did that happen I don't. I guess her and her um, producer had ordered a pair, and they loved them. And at one point, they and we're switching manufacturers to a manufacturer that can go grow with us at scale. Yeah. Um, and so we had to go, and we sold out of inventory too soon mm-hmm. <laughs> during the switch. Um, and so we um, had to go on back order. And so they called, and they're like, "Kelly wants you on the show." And I was like, "I don't have enough inventory to." to handle the back end of it. Um, and then they called like a week later and they're like, okay, can she's okay if you're on back order. And I was like, all right, well, we'll see. And, you know, we'll be take care of all the, your customers and so forth and, um, or listeners. And it was really neat. Like she had the cast from, um, America's got talent on, on the show. And I mean, Kelly Clarkson's amazing, right? She's got crazy good pipes. And yeah, when I was yeah, in the yeah. music industry, like, it was, like, so cool. Like, she was, like... So you went to the show? She, we got to see it on... We got to see it taped or on Zoom Live. Nice, yeah. It, which is so interesting mm-hmm. yeah. to see the back, back, other, you know, back sort of stage experience. Um, but she had the... Simon Cowell, I guess, when she was talking about it, was like, yeah, and these are awesome for going on a walk and listening to your podcast. Which I didn't tell them at all about the, that much of the brand, right? And I don't know how S- Simon would have known, so I'm hoping he has a pair too. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's so hey, fun. Yeah, now what role do you think as we kind of wrap up towards getting towards the end? And I want to talk to, in a minute, I'm going to ask you about some of your favorite uh, audible books. Okay, but, good. Yeah, uh, this is yeah, good. Um, what role do you think Colorado has played? I know you mentioned the $250,000 grant. Any other things that Colorado's done that has become useful to Butterfly? I mean, I think I'm partial because I'm originally from Colorado, but um, and but I did work in LA and 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 New York and knew knew that I didn't want to start a company and and not be in Colorado. Like I just love it. Um, but I also think there's a ton of resources. There's a ton of opportunity here, and I know people are frustrated with how much how many people are moving here. But the amount of people who are moving here is really increasing the talent pool. Like I think one of the the struggles we have is and. The investors in Colorado are amazing. Like RVC is one of our lead investors for our pre-seed round. Um, and they have just been incredible both to women entrepreneurs, the, to helping get me started, and then also being an amazing advisors. Um, and so I think there's, an, there's just an incredibly cool ecosystem around entrepreneurship. I mean, it's, right now it's pretty focused on tech and yeah. um, food Food. Yeah, 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 um, sure. But I, I do – and so hardware is a little bit more difficult, especially when it comes to, you know, we're about to raise our A round. 
Um, but I do love the ecosystem. I think there's there's a t- I think you can definitely attract talent here because of how cool you know yeah, beautiful yeah. it is to be here and and the opportunities here. So it's kind of cool in a way to think about about butterfly that or butterflies that you're you're not exactly tech. You're certainly not in food niches. So you're sort of helping Colorado expand, you know, in sort of the the startup world. Yeah. Um and, and there there's actually some been some cool earbud sound companies that have come out of Colorado. I mean, I, and we haven't gotten into this, but one of the biggest things that we have been building against is a AI pro, uh, hardware software integration that is start, starting to lend to this cell phone takeover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we've been building that for about two and a half years now. Um, and again, we're inventing, yeah. you know, that's inventing something that doesn't exist in this space. Yeah. And so... We really will be closer to the rings and the um, nest yeah, type you, experience oh, than yeah. than just a pure earbud. Huh. Are you profitable yet? No, I mean we could be, but we're not. But you're because you're investing because in R and D. You're creating new, yeah. new things. You're growing. So when you as a not as a not yet profitable company that is focused on marketing, focused on R and D, focused on. Well, actually, my big curiosity is how much are you still investing in ROD for the next version, next version? Uh, I mean, we were, we're spending about 30% of the capital raises on – On uh, continuing to advance R&D, your – not yeah. just like spinning this one up and – But what's next? Yeah. Next generation, the yeah. things you're talking about, yeah. AI integration and other things. That's impressive. Um, so how do you manage your life? I mean, you got three three boys yeah. uh, and a husband and yeah. – you're a startup entrepreneur who's handling everything yeah. with a team, but yeah. small team. Yeah. So how do you manage life under that scenario? I'd, I mean, there. Okay, and that, you know, this is there is the hard parts of being an entrepreneur. It's not. It's not. You know, and you mentioned this earlier. Like, oh, it seems so easy. It seems so sexy. You know, fun and stuff. And there's no doubt about it. I wouldn't be in it if this didn't wasn't the most wildly interesting thing I've ever done. Um, and every day, in you know, even like, and I heard someone once say, entrepreneurship is going from one setback to another with enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, but and so there, there's definitely it's that what I'm trying to master and sort of my version of success is that inner peace or calmness you get with your mind, right? And being able to compartmentalize each thing and sort of take it as it is, because especially early on, and we spent so much money and time on it, and, you know, I get paid very little compared to what I used to get paid. (laughs) But really, can you have any peace of mind, any sense of peace right now in the midst of all this? I'm getting there, actually. You know, it's it's super intense. I mean, we're switching manufacturers, but we're also switching because we can go, we can, you know, 3,000% increase in the amount of inventory we have. Yeah. Um, and we have the demand for that. I mean, that's just, it's crazy intense and, and interesting and cool and, you know, can have a ton of anxiety associated with it. Um, and I mean, I have been doing... I make sure I work out as much as I can. For a long time, I was just work all the time. Um, and then I also make sure I do meditation, which I grew up Buddhist in Boulder. And just like all kids, you sort of reject your parents' religion. And I was like, no, I will not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, wish I'd paid attention more. Yeah. <laughs> so you meditate every day? <laughs> yeah. Good. for How long? 
So I just do the 10 minutes. So I've gotten, you know, I don't do meditate. Uh, I, I've tried a few times. I can't settle my mind. Okay, yes. It takes practice. I yeah, yeah. And, and so I've been trying all those different podcasts. I just I read um, Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier, which is funny. I, it's I, very funny. You know what? I started reading that. And I'm like, this is all about meditating. No. <laughs> I can't okay. do well, it. Because I was sort of into it. But he, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, he's very funny about it. And so that helped me sort of get over the hump where it wasn't, didn't feel so serious. Yeah. Um, and then I did his podcast. And then I've been doing Sam Harris's podcast. I don't think they're related. Yeah. Um, and so, but I also think there, a few times I've gotten to that point where you, it's that your body feels like it's floating out of your you know, it's out of out of your actual yeah. physical body, and it is the coolest feeling on earth. And I, it, I'm saying like a few times, like it's been three or four times, and so I know what it's like when you get there, and it's so it's so cool, and your mind is calm, and you know, and you have those moments, and then, um, but the ten the ones I do in the morning are like ten minutes, and that it just helps me stop. My mind never mm-hmm. stops, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. just so it's always floating and you can think of it like pushing a cloud over. You can think of it like each thought goes up in like a little candle flame um, and then brings you back. And even, I, you know, very rarely does it work like, like it should, but that does help me calm my mind. Cool. For the day. All right. Before we're done, let's talk about a couple of audio books that are your favorites. Okay. What are they? Oh, I should have prepared this. I mean, so I'm going to tell you today what my today, favorite yeah, sure. audio book is because um, there's tons out there. But, um, I mean, I will say some of – I mean, history books, anything Doris Kern Good, Goodwin has written, I love everything she wrote. Like the last one I listened to, which was – I think it was called Leadership, but it's essentially the juxtaposition between Lincoln, um, Johnson, and Roosevelt, Theodore, and, and – um, uh, Franklin mm, <laughs> blanked yeah, on this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, and, and their different leadership styles, which mm. I think was so interesting and, and what they were able to accomplish and where their, their personalities or, or leadership traits hindered and helped. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And to go through that deep understanding of those very different mm, presidents. That's cool. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. What about business books? That is kind of a business book in a way. I yeah. Mean, it's turned into a thing. But I mean, oh, you're you're grabbing your like phones. I, you're going to pull that up. I need to look up my Audible account right. here. <laughs> so now that's all right. Um, I've got like hundreds of books in my library. The one thing you can talk to the Audible guy about is there ought to be a way to segment them you know, put them in folders that are, you want them right now or you don't want them right now. It's not quite I totally yet. agree. Yeah, I want to yeah. help them with the, yeah, <laughs> the exactly. user interface. So you're looking at your, you're looking at your phone. What yeah. do you see that strikes you? I mean, I like all, I've read a lot of, um, uh, books by Adam. Oh, Grant. you've got tools for Titans too. Yeah, I look that at that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam Grant's great. Adam's Grant, Grant is great. I think, um, one of my favorite business books, um, I mean, it, so is the inner game of tennis, which oh, you gosh, d- is, has not nothing seen, to do yeah, with yeah, business. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going back to this: how do you calm your mind? There's this element where, like a ball, you know, those the balls are coming at you, and you need to be able to react right away. But you can't go out and play tennis if you haven't done the done the work, right? Mm-hmm. And so. I do think like a lot of entrepreneurs come out in their 20s and they have a lot more energy and they have, you know, they don't necessarily have the kids and the family like you were mentioning. But what I have is 18 years of experience um, uh, and in real entrepreneurship um, 
businesses and businesses that have IPO'd. And, um, and having that expertise, you sometimes have to rely on your gut because you're making yeah, decisions yeah. about predicting the future. Um, so I really appreciated that one. That's I also cool. think um, – uh, Have I you – did you see um, or listen to uh, The Hard Thing About Hard Things? Ah, it's so funny. I was just – talking about that. Listen, oh, what yes. a brilliant book for entrepreneurs. Oh, loved good. It, I'm loved glad it. you liked yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's my story about that. Um, that book I read, it was, I was probably the first like 50 out and I got yeah. it from the library. Um, cause you can get audiobooks on at the library, sure. which everyone should do. It's awesome. Um, and I listened to that and I was like, Oh, this is such a cool experience of understanding. Cause I have, you know, I'd been in these businesses before both big, huge businesses, and then also small businesses that grew big, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I recognized a lot of that behavior, but it was so good to hear it articulated. Yeah. Um, and then, but that audiobook is read by an African-American man. And Ben, so, but I thought it was read by the author. So oh. I thought Ben Horowitz, Horowitz was an African-American Jew. And I was like, this is so cool. I mean, entrepreneurship <laughs> just is so diverse and awesome. And this guy, you know, has just been this incredibly yeah. successful. But you since learned. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what else I listened to recently? And this was just totally fun. And one of my sons recommended it was Ready Player One. And Oh, you it, did? Okay. Yes. It takes place in the metaverse. Well, yes. you, yeah. And, and I thought, you know, I don't really understand because I'm not a gamer. I don't yeah. really understand what that life is going to be like. This was written ten, more than 10 years ago, but it still gave a really interesting look into what you're talking about in developing integration with the real world and, and metaverse with your technology. I thought, well, it's just fiction. I know, but it still kind of helped me think about where we're going. Oh, I think those, I mean, those visionaries of movies and authors who wrote like that and yeah, then yeah. essentially like, I was like, no, no one's, you know, the Jetsons, right? Yeah. You know, like no one's ever going to be like that. But there it is. We are real close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to being the Jetsons, right? Hey, on that note, we should wrap up, okay, right? Okay, I, yeah. I don't want to, but we should. <laughs> I'm your host, Dave Tabor. Today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Shay Gerhardt, founder and CEO of Colorado-based Butterflies. That was fun. Thanks, Shay. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I appreciate you having us. Yeah, we should do part two sometimes. I would so. love that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just talk about our little book. <laughs> so we can just do our own book club. Yeah, let's do that. Our podcast. We'll, I've got tons of podcasts. Okay, we can invite <laughs> Colin to join us from okay. Sheets and Giggles, and we'll find some others. <laughs> Listeners, this is how it works. Uh, it's a great entrepreneurial community in Colorado. Glad you're with us on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit, review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors, Kinsley Meetings, Via Technologies, and Colorado Biz Magazine. That's a wrap. Live, work, love Colorado. Shay, thanks. That was a blast. Yeah, thanks. That was really cool.